Colorado fans are very excited about this upcoming season, but I have some concerns about this team and what they're going to face in 2023. I'm going to talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked on Buffs. You are Locked on Buffs, your daily podcast on the Colorado Buffaloes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked on Bus. I am your host, Kevin Borba. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about my three biggest concerns about Colorado, a prediction um, about the TCU game, which does not favor Colorado, not my prediction, a uh, prediction by 24-7 sports. And then I'm going to go over the odds, win totals for all the Pac-12 teams and tell you which ones I would take the over on and which ones I take the under on. Um, again, not a betting service here, just someone who would like to discuss and thinks you could get a good value at certain certain teams. But before we do, I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Bus your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast on and on YouTube. Okay, let's dive right into my three biggest concerns. Um, I think going into the season, there's a lot of optimism. Um, obviously, Coach Prime has brought in the number one transfer portal class, the top 25 recruiting class. Um, but he's flipped the roster, which is a good thing because obviously the roster last year was a roster full of guys who may have not, may or may not have been helpful in his future vision um so those guys are gone and he brought some of i don't know if you could call them his guys but some filler guys for now until he could recruit all of his guys but we'll call them his guys for now um so he brought in guys of his choice how about that and he brought in number one recruiting class or number one transfer class excuse me number 20 25 ish i think recruiting class um, let me see i believe they're they're top 20 Mm, let's see 2023 commits yes so here we go they rank as the number 20 recruiting class so not bad for someone who's only on the job for like a month if not if if not less to be honest he was only on the job for like five minutes before early signing day um so they got transfer class recruiting all these guys there's hype around the program but i still think there's some room for concern moving forward obviously their strength of schedule is going to be tough that's not really a concern that's not something they could fix um these are things that I think they will probably have to worry about as time goes on. Um, first one, let me dive right into it. I think the run game, while Dylan Edwards is going to be probably a star in college football, he's a freshman and he's very undersized. Um, so I don't know if they're going to want to kind of feed him a lot at this stage in his career as a true freshman. Um, Kavosi Smoke, uh, I mean, he was a backup. So I, there's it's not saying that he can't be good, but – I think he's not going to be used to a lot of touches and who knows if with more volume of touches, if he does better or not. And then there's also um, Anthony Hankerson, who, I mean, pretty good. It showed out during the spring game. One of the few guys that's left over from last year's uh, um, last year's roster. But are they are they going to be enough? Those three, that committee um, also got Charlie Offerdahl, the walk on who I should who I think will be a scholarship, scholarship running back eventually. But are they going to be effective enough to kind of make a defense's fear the running game that I don't know. That's why I put when I was talking about the five most important transfers that Colorado needs to land over on my Athlon site that they needed to land McCaskill out of Houston. Um, he would be easily running back one right away, um, kind of adds a different dynamic than each one of these guys, obviously, Delano Edwards can move out to wide receiver. Uh, Kowalski Smoke's more of like a run you over, run past you type of guy. 
and then Anthony Hankerson's somewhere in the middle. I think Alton McCaskill would probably be the best weapon and maybe make defenses fear Colorado's run game. And so he tweeted the little clock emoji recently. And so I feel like that means he's going to announce something soon. Um, but obviously only time will tell. I'm going to check his little, um, let's see, check his Twitter to see if there's been any updates because nope, 17 hours ago, he tweeted the little clock emoji and who knows what that means. If that means he's wants to know what time it is, or if he's got a commitment coming soon, but that would be probably one of the biggest gets for Colorado this off season, um, to be honest. And so, yeah, is the running back room going to be effective enough to make defenses worry about them or are defenses kind of going to be able to just ignore the run game and play the pass more? Cause obviously they have a lot of weapons to cover and Jimmy Horn should, or should going to be thrown to Jimmy Horn, Xavier Weaver, Travis Hunter, Willie Gaines, Whoever it may be, maybe Montana Lamonius Craig. Um, we saw yesterday on social media that Shador is trying to lure him back to Colorado. Okay, second concern. How does this team handle adversity? Um, I feel like when it's all cool and fine when you bring in a number one transfer class, but there's so many different moving parts. And obviously, all of these guys are going to be bought into Coach Prime's culture. Otherwise, they wouldn't have come there. But all these guys are going to have, I don't want to say bad habits, but they're going to be hab- have habits or mindsets of, what happens when they're losing or when something doesn't go their way. So say a certain transfer doesn't start right away. Does he kind of quit the team, not quit the team, but does he kind of like give up if the team loses a few games straight? Like they have a tough stretch where they play USC and Oregon and someone, Arizona state, for example, if they lose those three straight, does the team, is the team still bought in? I think, this will we'll see how strong Coach Prime's culture is. I think his culture is immensely strong, and I don't think it should be an issue. But that's going to be something to look out for. Are they are guys dashing as soon as things get hard? Because I think we all know, while there are a lot of high expectations and hopes for this team, I think things could get hard this upcoming season. So that's a concern of mine. Um, rushing the quarterback outside of Jordan Dominic, there's not really a proven pass rusher on this roster. Jordan Dominic had seven and a half sacks last year. Um, Shane Cox at Dartmouth had three and a half. And then Taj Alston had two sacks at West Virginia. Um, outside of that, I'm, I feel like getting to the quarterback is going to be a must this year. Um, you got Caleb Williams on the schedule, Bo Nix, uh, whoever UCLA throws out, whoever, you know, Cam rising at Utah. Um, I just feel like, getting pressure on these quarterbacks is going to be crucial to the success of the defense. And it's also going to be crucial to the success of the team. Obviously if quarterbacks are back there um, and they're just having all the time in the world to throw, or if like Jeff Sims from Nebraska, who's a very dynamic athlete um, gets under pressure and takes off and they can't contain him, then he's going to run for like 150 yards. Um, Same thing with containing DJ Uyunglele, Cam Ward. Like, they have to get to these quarterbacks and they have to bring them down. There's a difference between quarterback pressures and quarterback sacks. Quarterback pressures are cool and all, but quarterback pressures don't always equate to the production that you would hope for. And so those are my three concerns for the Colorado Buffs this upcoming season. Also, back of quarterback situation is still very murky. Not saying that what if Shadur Sanders, God forbid, gets hurt, then they're throwing in, I don't know if I'm confident in whoever's behind him whether it's Staub or someone else or case and Wiseman, like it's, you're going to be relying on someone young. Um, I would have liked to see them go and get a quarterback transfer um, out of the portal, but obviously most quarterbacks, especially a quarterback don't want to sign up to be a backup. Um, It's just how it works. 
it's just the name of the game. Nobody, nobody purposely goes to a school to not play. And so I think outside of a name like Paul Tyson, who went to Clemson um, knowingly that he's not going to be starting over Cade Klubnick uh, after a, a stint at Alabama and Arizona State, um, I feel like there's not many guys out there that are willing to to do that. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But before we move on, if you're looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all the sugar and calories and you want to make healthier snack choices, you got to try Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they're, they taste so amazing, you won't think they're good for you. you got to try this. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% real dark chocolate. Real dark chocolate, excuse me. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. Not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And that's what's even better, as they are healthy, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, with a whopping 17 grams of protein. If you want them and you don't want to go to built.com like we've been telling you guys in the past, now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you get your specialty flavors still at built.com. So head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section, and grab yourself a box of built bars. You can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, or coconut puff. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13 bar box with our hit flavors brownie batter puff and churro puff. You can thank me later. Okay. So we talked about my biggest concerns. Um, I said three, threw in a bonus, one or four there, just because that's one that I just don't know if they're going to be able to fix unless they can find a quarterback who's willing to like be a backup because Shadur Sanders is there for this year and probably the next year. Um, so you, you got to find someone who's willing to kind of just know that they're not going to play and just be there for depth. And most guys don't want to do that, especially if they're in the transfer portal. They want playing time. Um, so I was scrolling on Instagram, as one does when they are slightly bored, and I came across early week one predictions by 24-7 Sports. So they had all the week one games, so Clemson and Duke, Ohio State and Indiana, Boise State, Washington, West Virginia, Penn State, Louisville, Georgia Tech, Florida, Utah, New- and they had, of course, Colorado at TCU. Um, I talked about it yesterday. TCU is currently are currently 23 and a half point favorites um, to win. Uh, there are 23 and a half point favorites over Colorado, which I think is a very high number. I feel like Colorado is going to keep it. If Colorado loses that game, it's going to be much closer than that. Um, that's why I would have recommended if I was a betting man to probably take the, take the buffs to cover on that, but they didn't really give an explanation. Um, unless let's see. Because here's the thing. I think a lot of people are bought into that TCU is going to going to run it back, and it's going to be just the same as last year. But honestly, I don't think their team's going to be nearly as good as last year. Um, they don't have – okay, I wish they had some explanations for it, but they don't. So I'll probably – I'll give you an explanation as to why. Um, I think they're doubting Coach Prime. I think they're doubting the hodgepodge of transfers he's brought together. I think they're – and most people's mindsets, they're looking at the fact that they come from FCS schools, um, group of five schools, and some of them haven't played that much, which is very much a factor. But they do have a lot of depth now, which is something that were was the main criticism of Colorado um, about a month ago, was that they didn't have any depth. Now they have some depth. And I think now teams, or not teams, uh, analysts, people who talking heads as myself, I think they're just more so worried about the lack of playing time and production from the transfers they're getting. Um, they landed three wide receiver transfers in a week, and I think they barely combined to surpass 200 yards receiving. Um, defensive line-wise, they brought in multiple transfers that have single-digit tackles on their career. So I think people are more so skeptical about how good this team can be. 
Um, TCU, though, uh, similar situation, kind of. Uh, they were able to hit the transfer portal hard, and they were able to, while they didn't bring in as many transfers as Colorado, they brought in some quality ones, which, I mean, quality is always great. Um, they have a quarterback situation with Chandler Morris, who I was reminded yesterday most teams were more afraid of him than Max Duggan, which is kind of surprising to me because Max Duggan had proven himself in the Big 12 a little bit. He just had some inconsistencies, and then last year obviously played really well. Um, they lost their quarterback. They lost their two best running backs. They lost their three leading receivers. They have other good receivers. Um, they landed some in the portal, John Paul Richardson from Oklahoma State, and then JoJo Earl from Alabama. Um, so they let, they replace these guys. It's just we don't know how good they're going to be for the most part. Um, I think it all comes down to their quarterback situation and if they could rush the uh, rush the quarterback because they lost 60% of their sack production in two guys last season. So I feel like this Colorado-TCU matchup is going to be closer than people want to give it credit for. Um, if I'm wrong, I'll gladly admit I'm wrong, but we'll, we'll know once we get to September 2nd. And I don't think – I mean, I feel like obviously Colorado's going to cover the 23 and a half. I feel like that's a ridiculous line. I would take that bet in a heartbeat. But I don't think TCU is going to blow them out of the water. I just feel like they have a lot of moving pieces too. Um, Colorado's got the more experienced quarterback. They have playmakers like Travis Hunter and Jimmy Horn and Xavier Weaver who are slightly more proven. Um, defensively, again, if they could get to the quarterback, Colorado should be fine. If they can't get to Chandler Morris and he has time to throw – or if they get him out of the pocket and he's just running all over the place, then it's going to be tough for Colorado. Um, but I guess only time will tell on that one. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Um, let me know in the comments. Are you guys taking Colorado to cover? Colorado win outright? Whatever whatever it may be, just let me know in the comments, and I will kind of divulge and discuss that out another day. Um, before we move on again, I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Bus your first listen every day. Um, everydayers. That's what I call my everyday listeners now. Uh, I gave you guys a cool nickname because I see a lot of your guys' support and I appreciate your support. Um, make sure to comment some questions. Make sure to comment what you guys would like to to discuss. And I could do like a mailbag thing. Um, I have guests coming up. Uh, CBS Sports' Shehan Jayaraja will be joining the show next week. Um, some big guests coming up. Um, so let me know what you want me to talk about um because we're getting to that point in the year where stuff stops happening so the more stuff that you guys give me to talk about the better for both of us okay um as i talked about on a prior show colorado's win total odds were released um and so were the rest of the pac-12 um so i kind of want to go over them and discuss uh maybe some i don't know maybe 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 some some bets that i would take some that i wouldn't um so if you're on watching me on youtube i'm gonna put this on the screen um don't worry if you're listening on spotify or apple wherever you get your podcast because i will read them out and i will be discussing them i just have a nice little graphic that one of our hard-working graphics people made so i wanted to use that um okay so here we go you'll see me disappear but obviously i'm still here okay we got the win total for every pac-12 team um starting from the bottom colorado is at three and a half um with stanford um they have they those two programs have the lowest odds at three and a half arizona's at four and a half cal four and a half arizona state four and a half washington state six and a half oregon state eight and a half utah eight and a half ucla eight and a half washington nine and a half oregon same UCA usc same so i'm gonna start from the top and i'll work my way or i'm gonna start from the bottom and work my way to the top colorado i would take the over um winnable games i think i look at colorado state nebraska arizona state stanford that's four right there um i talked about it yesterday they could hit their four wins by halloween um and that's not including maybe the team just is actually good 
You know, like I feel like people are just expecting them to be a bottom of the barrel Pac-12 team. Maybe they they connect really well. They intertwine. They're dealing with adversity well. They the running game is stronger than I expected. And maybe they're just hitting on all cylinders. Stanford, three and a half. This one's tough. Um, I cover Stanford as well. I think winnable games, they have Hawaii, Sacramento State. Um, depending on how good Colorado is, maybe that's a winnable game for them. Um, they do, too, get to play Arizona. Um, I Four games seems like a lot. I don't trust their quarterbacks right now. I'd probably go under. Um, Arizona, I take the over. I think they're a bowl-caliber team, four and a half wins. I think they could easily make a bowl game. Cal, um, four and a half, oof. I don't trust their quarterback situation. I'd probably go under on them. Arizona State, I, they have eight home games, which they still play all the difficult teams in the conference. So that could be tough. But they have, honestly, um, I feel like they're they're continuing to get better. They just landed Jordan Tyson the other day at receiver. Um, so they're going to be improved. Washington State, six and a half. I'm taking the over. They made a bowl game last year, had seven wins. I think that's a good win total for them. Um and I think they'll make the bowl game as as long as Cam Ward steps up, makes makes that next takes that next stride. Washington or Washington State, Oregon State, eight and a half. I personally think Oregon State's making it to the Pac-12 championship, so slamming the the over on that. Utah at eight and a half. I think this is a different Utah team than we've seen in years past. I'm going to take the over here, but I do think that they're going to be uh, not not contending for the Pac-12 championship. I just think they'll be. At an, a solid nine wins, but most of their losses will come in Pac-12 play. UCLA, I'm taking the under um, at eight and a half. I don't trust their quarterback situation. Um, until I see Dante Moore or Colin Schley play, um, I'm going to doubt them. Washington, over. Nine and a half wins, I think they could do that. Oregon, under nine and a half. And then USC, I think they will hit over the nine and a half as well. So let me know what you guys think about my my over-unders, um, and we'll discuss those in the comment sections because I'm sure you guys all have strong opinions about them. Um, but, yeah, I do think in terms of, like, the teams that I think are the the, the biggest locks, I think Colorado for sure, um, Washington, Oregon State, and USC. I think those four are my biggest locks. And Arizona. I don't. I feel like four and a half is low. Um, I feel like unless Jaden Delora is suspended for his off the field issues that have kind of emerged over the past few days, um, I feel like all those are my locks. The other ones are very iffy. I don't trust. It's hard to trust Oregon with. Okay, here's the thing. Bonix is good. Bonix is good with Kenny Dillingham calling the plays. He has two years with him and two years without him. The two years without him, his numbers outside of the year where he got injured, so we won't know how good he was going to end up being, weren't nearly as good. The two years with him, he's all world. So it's like, how good can he be without Kenny Dillingham's presence? I don't know. Stanford, I feel bad for Stanford because I think the thing is, if there was a team to surprise us and hit their over, despite not being the one I picked, um, I'm going to pull back up right here. Stanford right here, bottom right, three and a half, Troy Taylor, is an offensive guru like he is the an offensive guru um he knows how to get people open he knows how to get the ball in the hands of his playmakers if they they would be the team where it's like if they surpass theirs i'd be like i'm not shocked i just wasn't confident enough to to bet on them kind of thing um same thing with uh arizona i feel like i said i was confident in them utah i feel like i'm just not I don't trust the teams that decide to run it back. And Cam Rising decided to run it back after an injury. Um, 
Are they going to have the weapons? Are they going to have the same sort of offense? Is their defense going to be as tough? I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be tough to see. Um, but that has been my little Pac-12 betting sesh. Um, if you guys want to discuss anything in the comments, make let me know. Um, I'd love to go over some over-unders with you guys or maybe some bets, whether it's the Heisman, future Heisman odds, whatever it may be. Um, I just want to thank you guys for making Locked on Buster first listen every day. I appreciate you guys for tuning in um tomorrow or not tomorrow episode monday's episode we're probably gonna be talking about some transfers hopefully by then colorado's landed uh, a notable transfer running back um obviously like i said shehan J. Raja from cbs sports is going to be joining the show um next week so we have a lot of action-packed episodes coming up i want to thank you guys again for making lockdown buster first listen we are free available wherever you get your podcast on youtube um on listening platforms make sure to give us five stars on youtube make sure to subscribe i'd like to see that subscriber count continue to grow we're we're inching towards the goal of ten thousand by the regular season <laughs> not sure if that's going to happen hopefully that does um got some player interviews coming up so maybe that'll help um but i appreciate you guys and you guys have a great friday and a great weekend as well